0: Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Happy Mardi Gras, everyone. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, 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 yo. Uh, we are both very festive this evening, since it is Fat Tuesday as we are recording. Uh, while I am extremely happy to be here recording this evening, uh, I am very sad that I am not at Mardi Gras this year. Uh, one of the wife and mine yearly trips we go down every single year to Mardi Gras, but fuck COVID. Uh, we had to stay home. Uh, and basically, Mardi Gras was shut down this year. So it wouldn't have paid to go down anyway, even if we thought about sneaking away and and tempting the COVID gods. But, uh, but I'm here in spirit, got the beads on. I've got my uh, Do You Know What It Means t-shirt. So if any of you out there know what it means, hit me up on Twitter and let me know you know. And if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that was uh, aggressive for Marty da- Marty Gras, I feel like. Well, I'm upset about it. I'm not there. It's, it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to take it out on the on the listener. Is my point. You can give them the information that they so crave. No, you, Justin, no. Or- if if you know, if you know what it means, you know. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know what I know is that, you know, I don't go to Mardi Gras uh, as you do. However, you have deigned it to bring a little bit of Mardi Gras back to me, Mm -hmm. which I'm very much appreciating. You gave me, uh, well, you and your wife gave me some festive, uh, not only the beads, but this nice little hat, uh, which I'm going to wear for approximately a minute and a half because it's very small uh, it's very awkward, but I did want to get into the spirit. And I didn't even make you show your boobs
0: for to get those beads either, which Not is very camera. nice of me.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so how are you doing this evening, Jake?
1: I I am doing very well on this Mardi Gras evening here. I know that you're a little bit bummed, but you know what? I'm excited Because that means you're back here with me talking about fantasy football, and I like to think that we have a good episode on tap.
0: We sure do. And as I was just looking at the show sheet here while you were talking, uh, I realized, great Scott, we are on episode 88. Did you get the Back to the Future reference there? 88 88 miles an hour.
1: Great Scott. Yeah. Dustin, I think everybody on the face of the earth got it. Well... We're going to gun this thing to 88 is what we're going to do.
0: That's right. So we are talking a little QB chatter this evening. So we're going to talk about how the QBs finished last year, do a little bit of recap, not too much, you know, in depth uh, recapping. Uh, I'm sure you guys have all heard that ad nauseum, but we're more looking at can these quarterbacks repeat what they did this next season from what they did this last year? if that makes sense. My words are all fucked up right now. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so we're just going to talk quarterbacks. Uh, looks like it's going to be an interesting off season as far as quarterbacks go, uh, possibly changing teams. We've already had the one blockbuster trade as we've talked about. Uh, there's, there's chatter about other trades for other quarterbacks. We've got a great, I don't know. Great might be stretching it, but we've got a very strong incoming rookie class for quarterbacks too, that we can talk about a little bit. Uh, So, so yeah, all things quarterback this evening,
1: but, and, and you know what my favorite, you know, my favorite actual thing about this is before we move on to the real deal, I'm sorry, I can't get, I'm also for our non (laughs) YouTube viewers, for just our listeners, my camera is also weirdly close than it is in the past. And so I just keep getting my big ass face with this tiny ass hat. Uh, staring back at me and it's, it's making me uncomfortable, but I do have to say before we move on into the meat of this, that quarterback is typically actually like one of my least favorite topics formally to talk about, but this year it's the exact opposite. I think this is maybe my favorite position to talk about this offseason. Yeah, I agree. Usually it's not,
0: not so much to talk about. There's not, it's kind of like, Oh, here's your top 12. They're probably going to be top 12 next year. You know, you don't see a lot of movement. So, yeah, I agree. It should be a fun one. But first things first, let's talk about what we are drinking.
1: Jake, do it. (laughs) I am drinking a big, tall thing. Uh, I've drank it on the pod previously, but it's so good. I'm going to drink it again. I have one left. And it's another gift for my co-host. I'm a peacock. Let me fly. This is from Youngblood Beer. This is a local Madison beverage maker. It's a cherry pie sour with cherry graham cracker and vanilla, and it's tasty mm-hmm. as all get out. It is very
0: tasty. I I concur. <laughs> I am Yourself? drinking. I'm drinking. It's called Jusify from Lakefront Brewing in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a gawk one for the good land. Uh, this is called Jusify It is a India Pale Ale, so an IPA. You'd be very proud of me, Jake. I am. Uh, But it's made a little bit differently. It's made with Pilsner and wheat malt. Usually IPAs are not made with Pilsner, so it's a little bit lighter. Uh, And it doesn't have that, like, West Coast IPA where it burns your mouth off uh, with that, like, dank and bitterness. It's got more of the uh, juicy hops to it, so more of the lighter, refreshing, nice citrusy hops to it. So it is a very tasty beer. I am
1: loving this. Hi, Marks. I am proud of you for drinking an India Pale uh, and I, I like to think that I'm now moving into like a hazy territory. I might start to like IPAs more than a lot of other types of beer at this point. I think I'm starting to cross that threshold, Dustin.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't go that far for myself, uh, as far as IPAs go, but they're, as long as it's not that typical West Coast IPA, I, I,
1: I'll give it a whirl. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, a good whirl you've given it. Would you like to give a whirl into our favorite segment on this show? Yes, let's do it. Drunk, 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 drunk,
0: Ham drunk. Drunk, drunk,
1: drunk. drunk, 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 drunk. Our drunk All trade right. of the week. Hit it. Drunk trade of the week comes from Twitter. It's a fresh one. This is from at fantasy bbq. I'm assuming it stands for barbecue. However, if anybody knows of a different uh, abbreviation that BBQ could possibly stand for, please let me know. I'm just curious about these things. Uh, but the trade itself, the worst drunk trade of all time, is how they preface this. Ooh. So strap yourself This in better. Blush. I haven't looked at this. So is this, this better will hold up to the uh, hype here? Well, you let me know if it, if it retains this moniker after all is said and done. Uh, but at first blush, I don't know. I'm skeptical. But, but here it is, without any more uh, preface. This is a one-quarterback league, no tight end premium, dynasty format. Okay. After the rookie draft this season, I traded Josh Allen, Evan Ingram, Brandon Ayuk, and Michael Pittman for Juju Smith-Schuster and what ended up being the two o four. So remember, this is after last rookie draft. All of this said and done. Dustin, what are your impressions? Uh,
0: <laughs> this is not good. This is not a uh, good trade
1: here. I um, didn't if you... know if that was your vinegar strokes or if you were cringing because of how bad the trade was.
0: Oh, no, it was cringing. Uh, <laughs> it, as, even in a one QB league Uh, This is not good at all. Uh, Josh Allen, granted, we didn't expect him to take as big a step as he did this offseason, or previous offseason, I should say. He is in conversation for easily top five quarterbacks every season here on out, um, as long as things don't change here in Buffalo too much personnel-wise. Brandon Ayuk flashed lots of good talent there in San Francisco. Pittman didn't really flash a ton, but has a ton of upside. He is struggling with injuries. Uh, Juju ended up not doing anything we had hoped for this season. I'm personally not out on Juju, but considering the timing of this trade and what you were expecting from Juju, it's it's just bad all around. Evan Ingram I didn't even cover cuz he just he's a nothing piece for me. Uh I sure. am I'm so out on that guy. But all things being said, yeah, this was a I don't know if this is the worst trunk trade of all time there fantasy barbecue. It's really bad though. It's, <laughs> it's it's one of the worst ones we've had in quite some time.
1: It is. This definitely sets the bar for, I would say, the last six months worth. Oh, absolutely. Of uh, of drunk trades. But let's, hey, let's hop in the DeLorean, Dustin, since it is episode 88. Let's go back to the future, or just the past. Again, that that title's so confusing, man. I still think they should retroactively change it. Which they could do, because that's part, it's like built into the whole premise. No. They could do that. Sure they could. You could just call it Back to the Past.
0: No, he gets stuck in the past, and then he has to go back to the future,
1: hence the title. I don't I don't know. It's confusing for me. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> but let's look at this from this time last year, all right? And I don't think we would be nearly as harsh on this trade. I think at the time it looked reasonable because, again, it's one quarterback league. And I personally was not super high on Brandon Ayuk. I think he was—he had a, a second-round rookie ADP. Mm-hmm. Pittman, I think, was maybe similar later, second. Yeah, they were both um, second-round picks for the most part. So both, I, while I think people both expected some good things out of him, I don't think anybody that I know expected Ayuk to do what he did so right. far. And I again, think Josh was, Allen,
0: yeah. I think there was more hype around Pittman than Ayuk heading into the season. I think
1: you're right, because of that landing spot Mm -hmm. uh, and his perceived takeover from T.Y. Hilton there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, it looks bad-ish even then, because I I still think people were skeptical about Juju back then Mm -hmm. as well. So I don't think it even looks amazing back then. It just certainly doesn't look nearly as bad as it does now.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at it, you got, you know, Ayuk and Pittman, two second-round picks. Okay. Evan Ingram is probably in a non-tight end premium, a late second round pick. Josh Allen was definitely a first. I don't think maybe a first plus. Even in a one QB league, I think it'd be a first plus. So you're looking at a first and three seconds, essentially for Juju and one second.
1: Yeah, so probably a first and a second, maybe. You could stretch it to say that, Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not wonderful. But no. now let's let's just do a quick one for my sake. I'm curious here about a, a straight up here. Would you rather have Juju or Michael Pittman at this point? I'm I'm dead serious.
0: I would probably still take Juju. I he's still young. He's probably Younger than Michael Pittman yet at this stage, let's be honest, because Juju came into the league so young. He was so yeah. young when he came into the league. So he's still super young. He's probably, what, 23, maybe 24 at the oldest right now. And I know he hasn't done much since Antonio Brown left. I think part of that is due to Big Ben and that offense. They're They're just not the same. And they basically used him as a running back this last season. He had a very low A and and was basically an extension of the running game. The whole offense was basically short passes. So I think he can still produce at a very high level. Maybe he isn't a number one, a true number one on a team. Maybe he needs more of that alpha there to take away that coverage. But I still think Juju can be great, and he's proved it already, and Michael Pittman just hasn't shown anything yet. While there's a lot of promise there, and I love the upside,
1: give me juju all day long. That's totally fair. Uh, I'm just curious because I will be interested to see what happens once the Colts get a legitimate quarterback there, True. depending on, of course, who it ends up being. You've seen plenty of rumors so far of who it could be, uh, but I have to feel like most quarterbacks an upgrade for Pittman over uh, the the ghost arm of Philip Rivers that they had there last year. Mm -hmm. No Um, doubt there. By by the by Juju is 24. Michael Pittman is 23. Uh, So he is finally somebody's younger than Juju. (laughs) So I was close. I was, I was right in
0: the wheelhouse there. Correct. Good to know. I'm not talking out of my ass all the time. (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) No. All right. Should we move on? Do you feel like we've done this drunk trade enough justice? Let's do it. Let's do this next bit so I can get it over with. All right. So Jake is going to pay off his beer bet. And would you like to remind the folks out there what bet you're paying off?
1: I would not. Could you please? But I will. (laughs) (laughs) This bet is the much maligned by me, Mike Gesicki beer bet from this season, which was, the bet was, he would finish, Inside the top 15 per Dustin, outside the top 15 per me at the tight end position. He, of course, did significantly better than tight end 15. He was the tight end 7 in PPR formats. So I'm the ass in the little hat who has to drink some fireball in honor of Dustin and his genius. So let me go ahead. Yeah, relish it, relish it. Oh, I am. The fireball was also supplied by Dustin. Dustin's really just been giving me gifts (laughs) um, for, for, I think he feels bad. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, Dustin, I think, I think you just feel bad for me at this point. So you're like, you know what? I'm not going to make you get your own booze for this. Well, technically, technically the fireball came from
0: my wife. uh, since she put together the Mardi Gras baskets or bags together. So So she feels bad for me. Yes. All right. Well, I
1: I at least know somebody in that household does. I don't feel bad.
0: I don't feel bad for your crappy tight end takes.
1: (laughs) I really should stop making them at this point. Tight end takes never go well for me. That's true. Um, They are my kryptonite. So here we go, Dustin. This is for you. And technically for Mike Kosicki, I guess. You are a uh, fantasy football genius prognosticator, and just an all-around swell human. I I switched it up a little bit for you in the spirit of Mardi Gras. Kudos to you, sir. Down the hatch. Thank you, sir. Ooh, it tastes like hot. (laughs) Hot chachi Uh, Well done, sir. Well done. So I'm clear. I am clear for the 2020 season beer bets. You are now the one with a bet remaining, so... Uh, you have your leisure of when you decide to pay it off.
0: Yeah. One of these weeks, I'll take care of it. We'll see. Maybe That's I'll just leave it hang out there for a special day.
1: No rush. There's no There's no rush. <laughs> We've got this. plenty of off-season. non-point season. <laughs> scoring season. Yes, That's exactly. right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, before we tackle the actual quarterback talk here, let us remind our listeners that this week's episode of DTFF is brought to you buy monkey knife fight. Yes, the NFL season is over. No, it doesn't matter because you can still play Monkey Knife Fight daily fantasy sports. The games are simple. Select any sport that you feel confident about or maybe just are itching to uh to place some some money down on. They give you some lines. You have to choose more or less for those players and if you choose right, you get money. And also, If you apply with the promo code DTFF, you will be price matched up to $50 for your initial deposit. So, why wouldn't you do that? Go to monkeyknifefight.com. All
0: right. Thank you, that for Jake. Definitely go check them out. It is a lot of fun. Okay. So, here we are talking quarterbacks. So, I'm going to run through top 12 real quick. Just the names in order. All right, just, just, as, just as a refresher. All right. So we had, and I, we pulled all of our uh, data here today from fantasydata.com. Give them props. Uh, go check them out. Great site for uh, data if you're looking for it. So we've got Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, and Matt Ryan rounding
1: out the top 12. There's some surprising names in that top 12. Like, even to hear them now, I, I've provided, mm-hmm. I, I saw this list. I know who these people are, and it still doesn't ring true to mine ears mm-hmm. a little bit, so um, I just want to quickly point out one of the names that you should be Highlighting endlessly this offseason is Ryan fucking Tannehill at number seven. What a baller Mm -hmm. to two years in a row be so underappreciated and two years in a row. Look, I was I was skeptical about him coming into this season. I thought that whole offense would regress. It didn't. Tannehill looked really solid as a fantasy uh, QB. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be keeping my eye on him and his ADP this whole offseason.
0: Yeah. Now, do you think he might do Do we think we might see some regression again from this offense or think we might see some? Uh, they've lost their offensive coordinator again. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Vrabel's still there as the head coach. So you'd think the philosophy will would pretty much stay the same, especially with the pieces where they have with Derrick Henry, you know, pounding the ball and then using you know, that that play action to open up the pass. You, you'd think the scheme wouldn't change too much, but with the new OC coming in, it, it, it could change a little bit. D- does
1: that concern you at all for Tannehill? It would have. If we didn't have the benefit of hindsight from last year, it absolutely would have, because those are the things that we talked about last year, is, oh, what's Arthur Smith going to do? Was, I mean, he comes in as the offensive coordinator, and now he's gone and he's headed to... uh Browner pastures, quite frankly, in Atlanta. <laughs> uh But the crucial bits are still there. You still have Rabel as head coach. You still have Derrick Henry. And everything runs on Derrick Henry. As long as he's there, offset that offensive balance, I think you're going to be fine. I don't know if I'm anticipating QB7 for Tannehill. Right. But yes, some of his stats could come down a little bit. May- maybe in the touchdown department, too. That's always, of course, so volatile. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I think he has a very strong shot to still be a QB one next year. Absolutely. I do too. There's, I mean,
0: he's proved it now for basically a season and a half since he took over in in 2019, I can do math. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, He, you know, he took over, what was it? Like week seven or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. was basically the number, if I'm, if I'm, remembering correctly, like the number three quarterback overall for the rest of the season uh, and basically picked up right where he left off last season. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him finishing about that same spot, Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there's, when you look at the list of quarterbacks that are not in the top 12, there's so many that could sneak in there that it's like, okay, let's play this game. So we know We'll, we'll we'll assume Dak is going to re-sign with Dallas at this point. Kay. Okay, pretty safe bet he would be in the top twelve. Correct.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, based on his points per game, he was basically the QB one. Yeah, or actually now, basically he no, was he the QB one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I
0: I would think Joe Burrow, uh, if he comes back from his injury and he's not hampered at all early in the season i know it's always a concern i could see him sneaking into the top 12 agree disagree
1: or maybe he's like that fringe like he's he's right on that edge yeah. i was just about to say he's definitely more of a fringe guy for me mm-hmm. i'm not super confident that he's just going to stroll into that top 12 category
0: no like he he the right like right around 12 13 like right on that edge i could see that happening uh you know stafford in his new position with the rams, i know people are very high on him. Interesting to see how that plays out. He could be in the top 12. He's shown it in the past where he's been there. I I mean, so if if we're looking at say say 3, say we'll just go with 3 guys. Those three guys at a minimum get into the top 12. Who are the three out of that list that don't make it in?
1: Uh, Well, one that I actually want to toss in there, too, just before we get into the who's out that Mm -hmm. that has a a potential to sneak in. Mm -hmm. I think if he gets the official starting gig is Jalen Hurts. I think he's the most slept on late round quarterback option that would be what we saw out of him in that bad, bad, bad offense was dynamite for the limited opportunities Mm -hmm. that he got. So I just do want to keep his name there. Um, as a possibility, but even without him, so let's say we have to take out three of these, right? So Josh Allen is locked in. There's no way Mm -hmm. that you can move. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray is the same for me. He was playing injured this year and still finished as the QB three Mahomes, of course Mm -hmm. is going to be in there. Uh, Lamar Jackson is still a definite yes for me, even though he regressed this year. Uh, Justin Herbert is straight to the fucking moon for me. So uh, that's your fifth guy for sure in there. Deshaun Watson. Yes, there's a lot of different teams he could go to. There are very few teams he could go to where he would actually see significant regression for me. Mm -hmm. So he's locked in for me. And it's really hard for me to bet against Aaron Rodgers if he truly returns to Green Bay, which all signs seem to be pointing to him doing. So there's my seven that I consider basically locked in. Okay. So the other few options I could see falling out, are there any that you disagree with from my list, or are there any from the remaining five that you're confident will be out? No, so far I'm right there with you. Um, If if I had to pick three out of the top
0: 12 that I don't think would make it back next year, it would be the guys towards the bottom. So it would be Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. It would be Kirk Cousins. I think those two. The third one gets a little dicey. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, if I had to pick one, it, it would probably be Tannehill just just slipping out. Uh, again, because as we just talked about with the touchdowns, uh, possibly seeing some regression there. Um, I don't – unless Brady's arm falls off this offseason, um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't finish in the top 12. Uh, he looked really good. Um, I mean – much as i love to bag on the guy uh he did look good this season especially down the stretch uh and that offense really kind of started to click so i don't see any reason why he wouldn't barring catastrophic injury to him or all of his offensive weapons basically um uh, mm-hmm. so yeah those would be my
1: three if i had to pick three right now i'm interested the man that we didn't talk about out of this group is russell wilson and mm-hmm. I did not include him as a lock. I noticed because he has one, we don't know—we don't know one hundred percent sure that he'll be back with the Seahawks. I I believe that it's basically a foregone conclusion that he will be, but we don't know for sure. I think if he, he will. If he is back with the Seahawks, I actually see it as an automatic downgrade based on the volatility that's there. Uh, it's uh, that whole thing is very fractured, <laughs> sounding with the relationships there, and we're already hearing and have been hearing, basically since the season wrapped up, they want to get back to running the ball more because that's all that Seattle ever wants to do. And you just, it's almost like they have a certain amount of spite for Russell Wilson now. And yes, he's he has finished as a QB one, basically every year mm-hmm. that he's been fully healthy, uh, with maybe. One exception that I can think of, but this feels like the year where regression would legitimately hit and hit hard because of the coaching there. So I don't know. What do you what do you think about Russell? I think he's.
0: I th- I think he's 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 a pretty good lock. I I, I can't say hundred percent lock, but I mean we saw what he did this year. And he definitely regressed. Like he started off the season super hot, but the second half of the season, he did not look good at all and still finished number six on the season. And whether that's because of how awesome he was to start the season, I don't know. Haven't dug into it that deeply, but he still got Lockett, still got DK Metcalf. They have, um, Disney, their tight end you know, so they still have offensive weapons. Yeah. They want to run the ball. They've said that for the last five years, basically that we we're going to run, we're going to pound the ball. We're going to run the ball. And yeah, they do, but their running backs can't stay healthy. And as much as I love Chris Carson, uh, and no guarantees that he'll be back there anyway, their running back core cannot stay healthy to save their lives. Uh, so he's going to end up having to throw it regardless. And, while maybe he's not that top five finisher that we're used to seeing on, on a fairly consistent basis out of him, I still think he finishes within the top 12.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking about that split really quickly before we jump off of Russell here. We don't want to bag on him too much. Uh, but through the first six weeks, he was the QB2, only behind Lamar Jackson, uh, very close to Deshaun Watson. First six weeks was just straight up on fire. Um, and I think, uh, like, personally, having him on a dynasty team felt amazing at that point. And you felt like, for those six, first six weeks, oh great, I can lock in another five years of success with Russell. That's just how it felt. And then things really took a nosedive. If you only look at uh, weeks 8 through 17 for Mr. Russell... You are treated to a QB 10 uh, finish through those weeks. And if we fast forward just a little bit more through weeks 11 through 17, Russell Wilson falls firmly outside of the top 12. So it is, do you believe, in the first half or do you believe in the second half for Russell? It's dicey, man. It's dicey. It
0: is. It's definitely not a sure thing. I am a hundred percent there with you, but I, I still believe that he can finish in the top twelve. I mean he's he's showing it pretty much like you said. Every season he's been in the league, he's basically been a number one QB. And until he doesn't show us that finishing at the end of the season, I'm not gonna bet against him. He's he's just that good.
1: He's that talented.
0: Oh would yeah. you say? I would. He's got talent. <laughs> <laughs> So, moving on out of out of the top twelve, who are some what what you would call late round quarterback
1: targets for you at this point? Uh, at this point, besides Jalen Hurts, who I mentioned, and I I will be sending out offers for him very quickly. Actually, <laughs> in a lot of not in a lot of my dynasty leagues. Uh, because I think there's still enough of that skepticism about who's actually going to start there for this year, where this is probably as cheap as you're going to be able to trade mm-hmm. for Jalen Hurt. So Definitely. I, I would strongly advocate. Obviously, we'll see as things get closer for redraft season. Uh, if he is the guy and his ADP still keeps him below, I don't know, the top 18 to 20, I'm absolutely jumping on him. No uh, ifs, ands, or buts about that. The other... Late round guys that I can predict, probably hovering about around the the ADP that I would target them, and that's typically like round eight or later for redraft purposes. Baker Mayfield, that was the I one sh- I was going for right away. Yep, showed a lot. Mm-hmm. Now that to be fair, we just talked about Russell and how one half of his season was really good and one half was really bad, and here I am dogging on Russell. Baker had less than a half of a season that was really dynamite. But it was at the tail end, so recency bias, maybe. Maybe, but it was also
0: new offensive coordinator, new head coach. It was a totally new system they were bringing in there. So I'm banking on the fact there that it was a learning curve. So I I feel like they they started to click towards the end of the season and really understanding that offense, and I think it's going to continue moving forward next
1: season. I buy into that. I really do, and it's impressive because when he shined, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, Mm -hmm. but it was when OBJ went out with his injury, a couple of weeks after that is when he really picked up steam as a fantasy quarterback, Mm -hmm. and is that because he was hyper-targeting his quote-unquote top receiver for all of those previous weeks, and then the burden was lifted, and he didn't have to do that anymore, Mm -hmm. or... Did the creative, did the creativity start to shine through a little bit more in the play calling because it had to, and maybe the coaching staff was was just being better, quite frankly, mm-hmm. about right. scheming that offense. Which that's what I'm leaning more towards. So even if Odell does come back with them next year, and who fucking knows if he even will, but if he did, if he does, I think that that will be a positive rather than a negative, even though some people might uh, argue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Any other late rounders that you're interested in? Cause th- there's one other name on here, but I really want to savor it. <laughs> I don't want to bring it up just yet. Cause it's gross. It's gross. But do you have any non gross ones maybe before that? This might be considered a little gross. I don't know. Um, uh,
0: it, and this is going to depend on what happens again, as we kind of alluded to early on, uh, in the episode, there's potentially a lot of movement yet with these quarterbacks. Uh, and the one I'd be interested, again, depending on if he actually gets traded or not, it's Carson Wentz. If he gets traded to a better situation where he can have a fresh start, I would be interested in drafting him. And you know he's going to have pretty suppressed ADP, uh, regardless of what happens. Just because he looked so bad this season. So bad. So he's someone I'm going to definitely going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, you know, I, I hate to speculate, you know, they've ca- talked about the Colts or the bears or, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. There's also been the talk that they're just going to hold on to him because of the cap situation with him. So like I said, if he does get traded and it's ends up being a favorable situation, I, I would be looking at him
1: as a late round dart throw. Now, I do want to ask you, because I, I think that the most fervent rumors so far seem to be Carson Wentz to the Bears, mm-hmm. even though it's, it seems like no... A deal has been in the making for apparently like three months over there and, and nothing has moved, but that's still sort of top of the rumor mill. If he does go to the Bears, do you consider that an, a good situation, an upgrade? Like, does that fall into your draft positive scheme? Um, it
0: could, it depends on what happens with the wide receivers. If Allen Robinson were to a resign or they would go out and sign one of the stud free agents out there, or maybe draft one of the stud, uh, wide receivers in the rookie draft, then maybe yes. But if they go into the season with Anthony Miller and, um, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, I don't know. I, I, I might be a little bit hesitant at that point. Just because I think he needs he needs the, they as a team need a alpha wide receiver on that team. And I was gonna say I don't know if any quarterback can make that
1: receiving goal yeah. work.
0: So uh it, it kind of depends on on what else they do in the offseason if if you were to go there.
1: Fair, fair. Well, that might be fringe gross. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if anybody will argue that this is gross, gross. But my my late round guy that I'm keeping an eye on hardcore is Daniel Jones. Um, that is gross. Look, <laughs> allow me to present my case at least. The guy I I had expectations this year. This fucking hat's coming off. By the way, uh, tiny hat's gone. But I had hopes for him coming into
0: this this mm-hmm. season. I think we both kind of did. Yeah, I think a that, lot of people expected him to do a heck of a lot better than he did.
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought he would take those natural steps forward. Mm-hmm. There, we always look at quarterbacks who have flashes early on in their career, and you say, "Well, that's something we can latch onto." So now, if there's just minimal upgrades, whether it be at the skill positions or with the play calling, or just his natural off-season development as you get more reps. Then that's something you can lock onto. And that seems to be a trajectory for success. And he had all those things. Mm-hmm. And no, he didn't have significant upgrades at the receiving position. He got Golden Tate. Yay. Uh, and then Darius Slayton was supposed to be a quality number two receiver. It definitely didn't look like that this mm-hmm. year. Uh, talk about full on regression there. That was terrifying mm-hmm. to watch. Evan Ingram did not help matters, of course. Mr. Dropsicles himself, he did not help out his quarterback. Saquon fucking Barkley was out for the majority of this year. That does not help your quarterback. That is the focal point of your offense. I know every team should basically be your QB, but that's not true for the Titans, and that's not true for the Giants. Those two need those quarterbacks, or excuse me, they need their running backs to be able to lift up their quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and for a young guy like that too it's a shitty situation i'm not expecting the world i'm not expecting top 12 and i'm not expecting a josh allen like ascension but i am expecting much better than the qb 24 that he finished as this year i think you're looking at a top 15 option fingers crossed for this season
0: yeah i don't hate that um I will say, I'm trying to find where I've got him on my... I don't have him that high on my rankings. Although I don't hate the take. Um, in my early season QB rankings, I don't have him nearly at that high. I have him finishing about where he did this last season. But part of it is due just to the plethora of quality quarterbacks in the league right now. So that that is part Bingo. of it. And the Giants are just in a rebuild right now. Maybe again, second year into a system, maybe things will improve there, where they'll get a little bit more groove going on. and you know hopefully Saquon comes back healthy. Hopefully Ed, Evan Ingram can, like you said, fix some of the dropsies. Maybe they upgrade the wide receiver core a little bit, whether through free agency or the draft it'd be nice. So I mean there there's definitely possibilities there of improvement, but I'm personally not banking on it. That's fair. We'll have to have a
1: beer bet about it later at some point. Ooh, I like that. Definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. So w- let's talk about the rookie quarterbacks a little bit. I know we're both not big rookie guys, but we know maybe the top two, top three quarterbacks. Assuming they land where people are projecting them to land, how do you see them finishing this this upcoming season?
1: I mean, I, I'm not gonna sit here and speculate too much, just because like you said, I don't I don't know shit about the incoming rookies at this point. What I do know is what we can look back on from the 2020 season and gauge how the rookies fared there. So Joe Burrow, even despite all of the issues that I had with his situation coming into this year, which, again, mostly had to do with the COVID shortened offseason, uh, the offensive line issues, etc. He, on a points-per-game basis, actually did fare pretty well. And he got obviously got going after the first couple of games, especially. Uh, and then he got hurt, which sucked, so we didn't get to see a full fleshed-out season. But he was on his, on his way to being a, a solid starting quarterback. And we saw Justin Herbert, as soon as he got to run that offense, look fucking dynamite. Mm-hmm. absolutely right. Um, and Jalen Hurts and his limited action, again, actually did look very, very good. So rookie quarterbacks from this past year surprised me, certainly. So I'm not about to bet against any of these rookies. The one thing that I will just caution is there's always so much hype about the next big thing mm-hmm. coming into the league. And I think, Tua was indicative of how it can go wrong. So, well, I think by all accounts was everybody's QB one or two coming into this year um for the rookie class by and large. Mm-hmm. And he, he he didn't look so good in his 10 starts. Granted, I think it was a gross mishandling by Miami and how they kept pulling him for Fitz every time that he had any slight issue. But... Even with all that considered, it's a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. Now, if Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville. That's a projection. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be excited for Trevor Lawrence. I would put him in the fringe QB1 territory, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of weird. Jacksonville is not loaded with weapons. I don't think anybody's going to say that, but they have enough Top young options. They've got who a good, good core. with middling quarterback play. They've got a yeah. good core of of weapons there. I mean,
0: you got James Robinson out of the backfield. I uh, Granted, we didn't see a lot of receiving work out of him this year, but no. that could change. Uh, DJ Chark. You got Lavishka Chenault, Keelan Cole showed up at times. It'd be nice if they got a tight end there on their team to help out. But I mean, they do have a nice core of weapons. And if Trevor Lawrence is the elite talent, generational talent, as everyone seems to think. um, Yeah, I would see him on that fringe QB1
1: territory as well. I think the interesting one, and the one that seems to have the most diverse range of opinions, is Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. Now, I pulled up a, a mock draft here, just the CBS
0: mock draft, and they have him going to the Panthers with the eighth pick overall. What would that do for you? Let's suppose that's actually where he goes.
1: How? What would that do for you? Huh. If he goes there, mm-hmm. and if they retain all of their weapons to mm-hmm. this point, so CMC is back healthy, yep. they would then have DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel is a free agent. But let's assume either he or somebody of an equal caliber is replaced there. Mm-hmm. And then Robbie Anderson, who you know my love-hate relationship mm-hmm. with, But let's suppose that basically all those things are in place and they upgrade a tiny bit at tight end, which based off what we've seen from Ian Thomas, it doesn't have to be much. No, that shouldn't be difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Then that is my most exciting landing spot, basically, for a rookie QB, because of all of the other kind of vacancies that are there, the only one that would be a bigger upgrade for me is the Colts. And I haven't seen many mock drafts where they actually have the Colts taking a quarterback, um, or or at least you know one of the top three options there. So I would kind of love it. Um, if he goes there, boy, that could be a fringe top 12. This is just such a bailout answer for me. Oh, they're all going to be fringe top 12 guys because I don't want to commit to a real answer. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, the one that
0: I missed here because I didn't... The the talk hasn't been the Jets taking a quarterback, but this this mock has uh, the Jets taking Zach Wilson, number two overall. Wow! Yeah, I'm very I'm very wow. surprised at that. Don't know how I feel about that. I really like Sam Darnold. I feel like he's had just a just a bad beat there so far, uh, and I would think with a new coach in town, I I want to see him stick around and get another shot there. They're finally getting some weapons in place for him, and yeah, I, I, I still think he has a talent. He was drafted super high for a reason, and I would hate to see them give up on him so quickly.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of a darn old apologist right along with you. I think Adam Gaze really mind fucked everybody on that team. I would like to see him get one more year without him just to see if mm-hmm. he can avenge it, but I'm also not super pressed to them keeping him. Like, apparently there's a lot of Jets fans who are. I don't quite get that. Like, I'm interested in it. I guess I just, if there is a better option that you can try and take, I'm all for them doing it, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I but I don't like that for whoever they draft. I just think for the team that makes sense. But whoever gets taken there, I'm off. So if Zach Wilson goes there, like, I don't know much about Zach Wilson, so I don't Mm -hmm. want to speculate. But just that landing spot is gross. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So
0: that's a no for me. And then they've this one has Trey Lance going to the Niners at pick 13, which I think would be super interesting. Obviously they need to do something to address that QB situation there in San Francisco. As much as I loved Jimmy G a couple seasons ago, I really thought I thought he was going to be a competent quarterback, enough to be able to push them over the edge. To win some Super Bowls there, with their defense and they've got weapons on offense. It's not like you need an Aaron Rodgers or uh, you know one of those top tier quarterbacks, a Patrick Mahomes. You just need something that's competent to to be able to not lose you games basically, and occasionally you know put the gate put the team on your shoulder and and have you win a game. Uh, and Jimmy G is just not that, unfortunately, much to my dismay because I really thought. He was going to be a solid quarterback, and there are other QBs there. Nick Mullins, I believe he's a free agent this season, so he'll probably test the waters. They need they need an upgrade there, so uh, them taking Trey Lance, I actually really like. Uh, from what the little bit I've heard about Trey Lance, I feel like this would be a good fit. Uh, with Shanahan in his system, so if, if that actually happens, I really like that. Not saying he's going to be a top twelve quarterback out of the gate, um, but I do like that. If it, I do like that landing spot, if that's actually where he goes,
1: yeah, I think I'm just more lukewarm on San Francisco as a quarterback destination than most. I think, like you said, Kyle Shanahan's offenses do not need a hero in them they don't i mean they already have one they have george Kittle, and that's all the hero that you really need in there uh but like i i, I don't i don't see any quarterback going to san francisco and lighting up the, the fantasy scoreboard i think you're going to be excited for an alex smith type to go there and to be productive enough games, mm-hmm. and to feed the, uh, the weapons that are there, which I have high hopes for both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. So if all of them get fed, it's going to be hard for the quarterback to not be at least good, but I just don't see any of them going there and being great, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. I agree. It'll it'll be like a middling Corby, Corby? QB2 situation. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, it's there's a solid floor there but i don't i don't see it being one of those elite quarterback destinations uh like you said just with the way that offense is built so i'm, I'm right there with you but uh if you're in a dynasty superflex league i think that's a very desirable like qb2 situation that'd be a good safe floor for you every week we'll probably have those blow up qb one weeks every now and again
1: i dig it mm-hmm
0: And then we've got Mac Jones going to the Washington football team at pick 19. I I actually like that. I see it. They need a quarterback. Definitely need a quarterback there. Um, And he would probably be an instant upgrade over
1: everyone they have on that team right now. So I, I don't hate that. Yeah, no, I, I've seen, uh, again, from the people that I actually trust out there, um, I, I have seen him at least be close to the top three options among some. Uh, some have him just outside that. But he definitely did light shit up this last mm-hmm. year. Um, I believe he was the – see the highest, most yards quarterback, something this year? I don't know. Anyways, um, Washington I actually think is one of the most underrated landing spots for a quarterback. One, they have a great offensive line. Two, mm-hmm. they have a great defense. Three, they have Terry McLaurin, and that could be enough <laughs> if he gets paired with a good quarterback. Uh, yeah, they could definitely use some additional weapons, mm-hmm. but Antonio Gibson is a mm-hmm. great pass-catching running back. We just didn't get to see that ceiling out of him for some reason uh, his first year, uh, but he's more than good. I mean, he is—he is a great mm-hmm. receiver. So. Even if they add just one other decent weapon there, I'm fucking thrilled with that landing spot Mm -hmm. for any quarterback who can get there.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, And that was it for the quarterbacks in this uh, particular mock draft um, from CBS Sports. Uh, Just as an aside here, uh, because I can't just stop scrolling when I see the last quarterback, and I come across to who they have the Packers mocked to pick at number 30, Oh, God, who is it? Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Wide receiver.
1: Oh, hey! They're trying to retroactively make up for <laughs> our
0: disgust from this last
1: draft. Yeah. Thanks, CBF. Yeah, I would, I, I
0: would not hate that one bit if that was actually the case. So, uh, Goddamn right. Fingers crossed. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, well...
1: Is there anything else you want to talk about here with the quarterbacks? I think the only other thing that I do want to mention is, and we have talked about this previously, but it's worth remembering. I don't know the last time that there was such a projected shakeup at the position mm-hmm. for real-life football in quite some time. I, I think I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago, it's like 11 of the teams basically have their quarterback locked in and everybody else is a question mark, Mm -hmm. to some extent, to some extent. Some are more more, uh, likely to stay than others. But when there is this much of a shakeup at a position like this, it gets your league mates evaluating and reevaluating everything. So if you think that you can use this to your advantage and you feel confident in somebody, whether it's the quarterback that you're trying to trade for or – an offensive weapon that you're trying to trade for, this is the time to do your research on these quarterbacks and analyze what you think the predictive you know, landing spot would be. And if you're one of those people who likes to kind of gamble, this is your time to do it. This is your time to send out those trades. Mm-hmm. You could be completely wrong, and you could suffer the consequences. You feel confident in it. This is absolutely the time that you can get some value when other people are questioning everything. Mm-hmm. Well said.
0: Before we sign off, do you want to hear my early season top twelve?
1: Yes, quarterback yes, I rankings.
0: Do. All right, so here we are, one through twelve. I've got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen number two, Deshaun Watson number three, Dak Prescott number four, assuming he stays with Dallas. That, that I'm using that assumption right now. Uh, Kyler Murray number five, Herbert number six, Lamar seven, Aaron Rodgers number eight. Russell Wilson, number nine. Joe Burrow sneaks into the top 10. Got Matt Ryan at 11. And Matthew Stafford at 12.
1: Interesting. Um, A couple of questions for you on that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. The first
1: isn't even a question. I just love that you are fervent about Justin Herbert because you're goddamn right. He Mm -hmm. deserves to be up that high. But... So we're definitely going to have to talk about Joe Burrow a lot this offseason. Oh, I for feel sure. like that's going to be a big talking point between mm-hmm. us. Uh, and I, I might have to come around to the idea, if you're that high on him, um, maybe I have to go back and kind of look at some shit from this last year. Because, you know, recency bias is a, it's a tough thing to get over sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when a, a player doesn't finish out a season, of course they have a tendency to float into the background. But my big question is Matt Ryan. So mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, you had as QB 11, yep. is that right? Yep. Is it, is it based on the new offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, going there? That's part of
0: it, but he's also he's still got Julio, still got Calvin Ridley. He's still got um, Hayden Hurst. I have to imagine they're going to upgrade the running back position. I mean, so they've still got all the pieces on offense yet. I mean, that that gang is still together for at least one more year. So there's, there's no reason why I, I don't see him finishing outside the top 12.
1: I kind of love that. I, I have been thinking that people have just been throwing Matt Ryan onto the garbage heap. And so I've been sending out offers for Matt Ryan because this is, and this is the time to do it. And it's not, I don't project him being a long-term thing anymore beyond this year, but for this year, I think you could get crazy good value. I don't mm-hmm. know if I will personally have him in my top 12 when all is said and done, but he's got to be close. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah, and the reason I have Joe Burrow at 10 is I think Cincinnati goes hard this offseason to shore up that offensive line for him. I think they, they'll have seen what happens when they don't do that. Your franchise quarterback gets injured, and – they're going to shore that up. He's going to have better protection, and he's got the offensive weapons there. I mean, we've got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Auden Tate, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard. I mean, you've, you've got a bunch of offensive weapons there, so there's no reason why he can't do it. He just needs time to be able to find those receivers and get the ball out.
1: Yeah, I guess with him I'll see it when I believe it in terms of the team actually upgrading mm-hmm. that O-line. I remember how many years we were clamoring for Andrew Luck. This has mm-hmm. to be the year that they recognize this is a shit show. And it's just never <laughs> happened. Very true. So, we'll see. we'll see.
0: That's why I said this is my early off-season rankings. As we nice. get more information, I will obviously be tweaking and adjusting based on what it's, happens. New information. You got you to be beer. Got to be beer. You got to be flowing.
1: Foamy and filling. Right? That's where we're going for. Sure. You say so. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a reasonable person who adjusts your stance when you get new information. That's right. You love to see it. You wish that more people would do it. Uh, so that's yep. what I appreciate about Shadusta. That's right. No take lock here.
0: All right. Well, I feel good about this. How do you feel about
1: the quarterbacks here, Jake? I think we did I good. Pretty. I feel pretty great. Right. <laughs> I feel pretty great about it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much we change our opinions this mm-hmm. off season. Speaking about that, because I think if there was a time to to have that happen, it would absolutely be this summer. Absolutely. Well, I just want to remind
0: you, folks, go out, give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate it. Helps everyone find us better. So, if you like the show, let everyone else know how much you love the show, uh, and come join us. We're here live pretty much every single Tuesday, about this time, so you can see our beautiful not-made-for-TV faces, along with these (laughs) sultry, sexy uh, podcast voices. Uh, And And sometimes
1: a hat. You get to see Jake (laughs) wear
0: tiny hats, uh, which is terrific. Uh, Reminder for you guys out there, we do have our Patreon account that we launched recently. Just sign up. It's $1 a month. You get lots of cool stuff you get the group me chat exclusive access to Jake and myself in season Ooh. you'll get waiver wire show for all your redraft and or dynasty waiver wire pickups and you'll get some bonus stuff in there too we don't want to give away all the goods here you got to join to find out so it's just a dollar a month you can do without 1 uh, you, you can't even buy a pack of gum for a dollar these days so so just go without your gum for one month you'll be fine uh but yeah yeah check that out check us out you can find the podcast at drinking fantasy on twitter jake where can folks
1: find you they can find me i'm sorry i'm still i'm still really (laughs) into your gum analogy that you used we are out here replacing everybody's gum and i fucking love it that's right Uh, they can find me on twitter at jake drobervage
0: and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.